Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than five years now. I have six children using CTC math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. I love seeing them enjoy this math program and grow in their mathematical journey. Thank you so much for all that you are doing in providing quality math lessons for my children. If you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. Hey everyone, this is Yvette Hampton. Welcome back to the Schoolhouse Rocked podcast. We are back today with Philip Telfer. If you missed part one, go back and listen to Monday's episode. We're talking about regaining focus in an age of digital distractions. And if you have a smartphone, you know exactly what we're talking about. If you are a parent who has um, any kind of computer in your pocket or on your desktop or anywhere in your home, you probably are listening to this podcast on your phone because very few people listen to it any other way. Um, You know, you know what we're up against. Um, You know, this is a topic that, again, for years and years, people saw the effects that this could have on our, our culture. And now we're in the midst of it. Philip, you talked earlier about how when we were growing up, we didn't have all of these distractions. It's so funny to think back to our childhood and getting to talk to our kids about that. And we're like, yeah, we had a phone that was connected to the wall and it had a cord on it and there was only one number. And I remember when um, three-way calling became a thing and we could, I could talk to two friends at the same time. And I mean, that was just the most amazing invention ever. It was incredible that I could talk to two friends instead of just one. And and like you said, I remember when when cell phones first came out and when email first came out. Uh, it was 1994 was the first time I ever heard about email. And my roommate was emailing a friend in Ecuador. And I was like, what is email? What? And then she's like, oh, look, it's really cool. I can send him a message. I type it out on the computer and it goes to him in Ecuador. And I was like, what are you even talking about? And um, it is incredible to see how much the world has changed in the past 26, 27 years. I mean, it's just been a shocking transformation, um, really. When you look back, you know, to the past 6,000 years, and then you look back Mm -hmm. to the past, you know, the technology advancements in the past, you know, 30 years is just absolutely incredible. Um, And I want to go back to something that you kind of brushed um, against on the the last episode. You talked about some of the problems that we see, and you said, I could talk about this all day long. And I actually do want to talk about some of the problems that we encounter as a culture and as families with all of these distractions. And I know you you um, went into some of the solutions, and I want to go back to that. But what are some of the main? And I know we could talk all day long about problems that that we encounter with with these distractions. But can you talk a little bit about some of those problems, really, that you see and how they're affecting families today? Because it's not just families that it's affecting; it's families, it's our jobs, it's our churches, mm-hmm. it's it's everything that we're surrounded by. So, what are some of the things that you're seeing there? Sure. Well, I like to call our I like to call it the all-you-can-eat media buffet that we're faced with. And when you think about an all-you-can-eat buffet, there's always two problems, two main problems with a buffet is uh, how much you're piling on your plate Mm -hmm. and then what you're actually putting on your plate. So you look at the 
quantity as well as the quality. And those are the, the, and I kind of break down a lot of the problems we're facing based on those two things, just how much mm-hmm. is, is too much. And then what is it actually that's going on our, our, our plates and how are we, you know, and then the, the kind of the third issue is how does our interaction with technology, with all of its benefits, um, actually uh, become a burden, you know? So Neil Postman uh, in his book, Technopoly, and I don't have the quote in front of me, I kind of have to just kind of do it from, from memory, but he says, you know, it's, we often look at technology just for its, its blessings uh, rather than burdens. You know, it's, it's not an either or, it's a this and that, you know? Mm-hmm. So new technologies come with both the advantages as well as the disadvantages. And so some of those disadvantages are, are really clear. So the first thing that, that is easily identifiable today with the quantity of, of digital technology and entertainment media on our plates is uh, the loss of sleep. Mm. And so when we think about our children, uh, sleep is a gift from God. It's a way right. for the brain to reset, for the body to rest, uh, to, to a lot of processing happens, you know, that they're finding out while, while you sleep that's important. And so sleep is being interrupted in, in multiple ways. One of, the, one of those ways is just we're, we're losing time because young people, as well as adults, are staying up late, um, in, much later into the night, to consume the quantity of media and having less time to actually get to bed and go to sleep. Yeah. The other, the other problem that's affecting sleep is the, the hyper-stimulating nature of a lot of that media. It's one thing if you're watching... Um, you know, something that's really slow, uh, or, or maybe like an information documentary or, you know, uh, Mr. Rogers neighborhood or something <laughs> like that, you know, it, it'll probably put you to sleep. But a lot of the entertainment today is very quickly edited. It's, mm-hmm. it's very hyper stimulating. It gets the brain going and, and all sorts of, uh, chemical processes are happening that, that takes a while to unwind. You know, it's like, you just can't turn off the the TV or the computer and then lay down and go to sleep. Your, right. your mind is, has been stirred up, sure. so to speak. And it's going to sure. take a while for things to settle. And then the other thing that's happening is blue light, you know? So, you know, blue light is the, it's, you know, we, light is in color temperatures. And so blue light is a color temperature. It's the temperature of daylight. And God has designed our bodies so that when the sun, when we're getting daylight, there's a chemical process happening through our eyes and going into our brains. And I don't like to get into all the details. It's boring. I could just describe the basics of it. Sure. You know, that, that, that process is, you know, your body is saying it's daytime, there's sun. I need to be alert. I need Mm -hmm. to be awake. And for, for millennia, you know, this is how people function and the sun went down and lamps came on. Mm -hmm. So, you know, God gave us fire. And so people have been staying up later than the sun sets through lamps. Well, lamps are very warm light. You know, fire is is very warm. It's a very warm temperature. And it actually has the opposite effect of blue light. It actually Mm -hmm. starts making you sleepy. You get you get drowsy, and so what has changed is a lot of our screens are emitting blue light, and and as, and as soon as the sun goes down, we're constantly bombarding, and that's constantly telling 
our brains that that we need to stay alert and we need to stay up and it's changing uh the behavior patterns that god has wired into us and that's that's one of the things so you know i i tell people that one of the solutions for this is first of all your devices need a earlier bedtime mm. so put your devices to bed at least an hour before you go to bed yeah and that's important for your children it's important for you as an adult and then there are some little tricks that you can do like when i on all of my devices whether it's my smartphone or my computer i have you you can set like i'm using a windows device windows 10 has it built in it's called night mode mm -hmm. it cuts blue light it it's going to change the color temperature of your screen and then you can set and you should set the the brightness lower at night as it gets darker you don't need it to be so bright let it be easier on your eyes mm -hmm. even with that though you still need to give your eyes and give your mind a break from all that light before sure. you you try to go to sleep so you do need right. to put all your devices to yeah, bed because you earlier. still have that mental stimulation even if it's yes. not the visual that's right and we've all had those you know I sometimes have projects and I'm up late working and doing productive things, but, you know, working on a website or something and, you know, sure. up to midnight and finally you just have to go to bed and you, you lay down and it's like, you can't go to sleep. Right. And, and it's just, it's, it's the process. So it's that stimulation. So you've got to be able to wind down on the phone. You can do the same thing. You can, you can set your, so I have my screen just set permanently on my phone mm -hmm. to block a lot of the blue light. Some people even buy glasses. I don't go that far, but yeah. <laughs> some people will buy blue blocker glasses uh -huh. and 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 wear them around their house. That might be a little weird, but yeah. <laughs> you know, if you're really serious about this, maybe you sure. want to, you know, warn your kids. Hey, it's either the glasses right. or you turn the devices <laughs> off. You know, I think they would probably opt for the glasses. Most of them, if they had that option, <laughs> <laughs> probably sure. I'll put the glasses on as long as I can still have my phone. Um, but, wow. Okay. Let's take a quick break. We'll be right back. What we do at IEW is break through the, the noise of the grammar and the writing prompts. And we say, this is what you do step by step. And I've witnessed it over and over again, both watching Andrew teach and hearing from parents. This is the best writing program. We've made it so easy and made it really affordable. So any mom can teach writing to their children using our course and we guarantee it. To try three weeks of free lessons, visit IEW.com. We are back with Philip Telfer, and we were talking about some of the problems with having phones. And, uh, and you know, I, I say phones because that's really, that really is the most common thing, you know, that, yes. that people deal with on a day-to-day -day basis. We carry them in our pockets. We carry them in our purses. They're in our hands all day long. Um, and so th that's really interesting to think through, you know, the blue light and, and just the stimulation of our brains and, and what that does um, to constantly have those all the time. It's not something I think that we usually think about. Like we think about the addiction of social media and, and, you know, texting and waiting for that phone call, you know, looking at our email all day long and trying to figure out, you know, what, it, and I don't understand really what it is. I've tried to think through this. And I think for myself, as I find myself constantly looking at my phone, it's, it's, I think is that people need to feel needed. Well, and, I, can, I, do, I can help you on this. Yeah. Yes. Let's talk to, about this. Give you a little, you and your, your listeners, some insight here. Yeah. Uh, I've been very interested. I've read a lot of books over the years on uh, neuroscience, you know, and in regard to media and, and entertainment. And it's to me, it's very intriguing. 
One of the things that's very clear is, is that is the pleasure center of your brain, the nucleus accumbens, and it produces dopamine. Mm-hmm. There, are, there are certain things that, that give you dopamine bursts. And so, for example, at a resting state, we'll call it zero, and then you eat a piece of chocolate cake. And if you like chocolate cake, it'll actually increase and your I dopamine do. to, to 50%. And, um, and so, and I'm going to use an example because it's important. Um, so, you know, so they, in the studies they've shown, so let's just say marital intimacy is, uh, brings up the dopamine levels a hundred percent. And this is, God has designed this. Mm -hmm. So, uh, but it, whether it's eating a piece of cake or it's marital intimacy, these things are, um, regulated, uh, on time. And, and whereas there's other things like playing video games, they found that video games uh, spikes the dopamine levels 100% and then continues to maintain those levels. Oh. And so you can see how damaging this could be because then the body's trying to figure out like what's going on. Something's mm-hmm. not right, you know, alert, alert, you know, so it's, and this is the same process that happens with drug users is that they're, you know, using chemicals to cause dopamine bursts. And uh, then they get the down and they, they feel depressed and they want to get that dopamine back up. Mm-hmm. And so the body's constantly trying to adjust to these new levels. And that's why a drug user has to use more and more. Now, when it comes to things like checking notifications and like what's, what's going on there? Well, what they've, they've found is that when a notification goes off on your phone or the little ding goes off on your, your email notification on your computer, um, actually you get a little shot of dopamine hmm. it's like because there's something you're anticipating right and you don't know is it good news right is it bad news maybe you were waiting for good news maybe you were anticipating bad news maybe you don't know what it is it could be anything right could have you know maybe maybe someone in, in you know africa has has some prince has died and left me five million dollars <laughs> it happens give, all give the my time maiden name and my you know social, <laughs> social security number so um so yeah so we have these but what's happening is we're constantly getting these little dopamine bursts throughout the day and we're training ourselves. We're, we're like Pavlov's dogs, yeah. you know, or the, we're like we're lab rats right. that uh, are getting this constant stimulation. And so it, th- this is why, and this is why you um, anticipate it because it's just a little burst of, of dopamine. Mm-hmm. It's just not, it's not natural. It's very unnatural. So we, we're going to have to work a little bit harder. Now there are things like drug use, uh, they say the the worst thing for for dopamine, I think it's like crystal meth. You know, spikes at like twelve hundred percent. But when we think of things like video games spiking dopamine for a hundred percent and and sustaining that at very long times, uh, there there are this is this is where media addiction uh, does come into play. Now, there's what I'd call ha- bad habits. You mm-hmm. know, habitu- habituation. And a lot of us have bad habits, but there are some people who actually become addicted and they, they have um, cultivated a certain level of stimulation that they can't walk away with without it um, seeming to throw them into depression. Or So, so that's, a, that's a huge concern. Yeah. And now the United States has been a little bit, uh, the, the scientists around here, I, I don't always trust the scientists, but they... They've been hesitant to call an addiction because it's big business. Sure. You know, it's a oh, big, right. Entertainment right. media, it's a big business. Absolutely. So you don't want to just, you know, loosely throw out, hey, there's a problem. Yeah. But if you go to countries like uh, South Korea, 
which they're they're technologically maybe a little bit ahead of us as far as media. And uh, they have such a problem there that they have state-sponsored digital detox camps for kids. Wow. For internet and video game addiction. Wow. Because it's become so such a problem. And those are starting to pop up here in the United States mm. as well. They're not state-sponsored. They're various either ministries or just um, other other um, methods of helping, trying to help people get off of these addictions. Thankfully, it's not as bad as getting off of drugs because right. there's a chemical pro- there's a chemical right. that you're introducing. Here, um, there's an interesting book, and I, I do I will give the uh, disclaimer that a lot of the great books on the subject are not written by Christians. Mm. Uh, I'm looking forward. There's there is a there is a leading expert right now, um, but he hasn't hasn't written a book yet, and uh, we're I'm waiting for that. But we'll, we'll, but in the meantime. Like Dr. Victoria Dunkley okay. uh, has a book called "Resetting Your Child's Brain in Four Weeks," and oh. uh, she's she's she is working with uh, families and kids and and with these digital addictions, and it takes and she has a whole program of, to help a child to get off of these uh, devices. But it's going to take it's going to be an intense four weeks that takes a lot of planning. So that I've watched some of her seminars got her book. It's, it's really interesting stuff. Once again, not necessarily from a Christian worldview, sure. but uh, I, there are some of these things that we can learn from and say, well, sure. with God's help uh, and right. with that self-control, but our, our children, sometimes we've, we don't like the behaviors that we see, but we're the ones who've opened the doors. Right. You know, we've, we've allowed certain things to happen yeah. and then we don't like the fruit of it. So we have to be compassionate Tremendous. This this generation of children and teens need a tremendous amount of compassion, mm-hmm. and they need even more guidance. Because you know, imagine that if we um, had, when we were growing up, a device where you had twenty four seven connection to your friends, right. you had access to the world's largest collection of movies, the world's largest collection of music, the world's largest collection of pornography, right. the world's largest collection of video games. And it was all in the palm of your hand. Yeah. How would we have done? We right. we wouldn't have done very well. So so those are the things that our our youth are facing. Especially the issue of pornography is is um, as reading, preparing for a upcoming homeschool conference and looking at the some current stats from Covenant Eyes, mm. and they've got a, a little download that you can get on just uh, pornography statistics. And I just felt like sick. I was just mm. heartbroken from reading it. Yeah. Yeah. We've, I've talked about that with my daughter and, you know, just that, that we have in the palms of our hands access to everything that when you and I were kids, we didn't have access to that stuff, you know, unless you had, you know, a sick uncle or dad or something like that. I mean, like we just didn't, we didn't deal with the stress of having that. And it really Mm -hmm. is a very different world that our kids are growing up in. Um, You know, you, you mentioned this book by Victoria Dunkley, is that her name? Yes. Um, Yes. I think that going back to what you said before, and that if we're going to train our kids to have self-control with these things, and even if her book is not a, a a Christian book, I'm assuming that somewhere in the book, she talks about redirecting their attention, because it seems yes. like that would be the most obvious thing. You know, for kids, if all of their attention and effort and focus is on this digital media we have to find something else. We can't just say, get off of your phone. Yes. Because yeah, then the question is, 
well, well yeah. what do I do now? You know? <laughs> yeah. This is a principle I've been teaching for years, and it's what I call replace versus take away. Mm. Uh, you're, you're going, you can't just say no. You have to give your children something better yeah. to do with that time. But something better is going to cost you. Sure. It's going to cost you more time, more money, and more energy. And that's why parents tend to default to the, the screen-based entertainment because yeah. it's the path of least resistance. It's the right. proverbial electronic babysitter. Yeah. You know, they, the, the, as we talk about child development, uh, the average age that a child begins watching television in the United States is four months old wow. because that's about the time that they can start sitting up on their own. Oh and you can actually plop a child. As we talk about that reactive attention, you don't yeah. have to train a child to watch TV. Right. Uh, that, that that's something that just they're going to stay glued and then they're conditioned. Right. So we we do have a problem and we need to replace. So um, I love to offer suggestions, but I every family has a unique DNA. Yeah. So I encourage families to sit down and make a list of things that you would like to do, that you would hope to do as a family. Um, and I can give instead of by means of prescription, I can describe some of the things that I've done as a family. And one of those is I got my, all of my children involved in woodworking. So that's oh, kind of my no. contribution to homeschooling. Uh -huh. I started with my son when he was 11 and I bought a wood turning lathe and we, and, and he and I went out to the shop and we began to learn to turn wood together with the, the purpose of also it being entrepreneurial. Mm -hmm. Um, I didn't anticipate at the time that my oldest daughter would have an interest and say, Hey, could you teach me also? And then seven years later, we, we had found ourselves, uh, every for six years, we were at a, a farmer's market every Saturday with my kids selling their products that they were making. Wow. And, uh, and I'd be in the shop with them a couple days a week. In fact, I was just in the shop with one of my daughters yesterday oh, wow. as she was working on a project. And, um, and you said, well, that's not an entertainment alternative. It's like, no. And it's, and it wasn't easy and it was very costly over the, sure. over the course of the last eight years, we've built a, a dedicated 12 by 24 workshop. It's filled with tools, wow. uh, expensive tools. It's cost me a lot of time as a father, uh, but it's been good. You know, sure. it's like just because it's well cost spent. me more time, money, and energy, it's because it was a better investment than just letting my kids um, veg out in front of electronic media. Yeah. Another thing that I, we did, I did with my son was we built RC airplanes from scratch using Dollar oh, Tree foam board and, oh, how and fun. uh, barbecue skewers and some nice. hot glue. And there's this great website called flight test, uh, F L I T E flight test.com. Great family friendly site. Okay. Uh, that teach you and you can download free plans and they have instruction videos and, and so we, you know, we, we spent years just learning how to make planes yeah. and fly them together. That's an alternative, you know, yeah. but it, guess what? It costs more time, money, and energy right. than just, and, you know, even playing a board game yep. takes more energy. Uh, as a dad, I don't always want to play a board game. Right. I would I'd kind of rather, you know, do take the path of least resistance. Right. So it's about choosing what's better, Sure. but you do have to replace that all of that time yeah. uh, with something more productive. Yeah. And, you know, you talk about building, building planes from Dollar Tree um, uh, resources, and it, it really is being intentional. If we really think through these things and sit down with a notepad and a pen 
And like you said, with your family and write down the things that you want to do, even playing outside, you know, some of two of my favorite episodes that we've done in the last year, um, are, we did one with Jenny Urich about uh, the outdoors and the importance of kids playing outdoors. And we seem to think that we need to always give our kids something to do, but sometimes just pushing them outside and closing the door and saying, go have fun, go create something, go play in the mud is really, really healthy for them. And we did another one on game schooling and the importance of playing games. And you know, that doesn't even always mean that mom and dad have to play a game with them. If you've got siblings, they can play a game with each other. And you know what? Mom and dad are going to have to deal with the conflict that's inevitable and going to come because she cheated and she's not playing the right rules and you know, this and that. But that's another great way to instill godly character into our kids. So we are out of time for this episode. We will be back tomorrow. We're going to continue talking about these things, maybe give some more ideas of what you can do instead of allowing your kids to be on their devices all day long, replace versus, what what did you call it? Replace versus versus take away. away. Um, So we'll, we'll jump into that in the next episode as well. You guys, thank you again for listening. You can find out more about Philip at philiptelfer.com. And we will put those links in the show notes as well. Thank you so much, Philip. We'll be back tomorrow. See you then. Every year, parents just like you are discovering Classical Conversations, a vibrant, supportive Christian homeschooling program that's been equipping parents since 1997 with the resources, tools, guidance, and encouragement they need to homeschool their children with confidence and prepare them for a lifetime of success. Visit our website at classicalconversations.com to find a nearby community and learn more about homeschooling the Classical Conversations way. Classical Conversations, Christian homeschooling simplified.